Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. With available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome to the Early Edge NFL Week 17 Player Prop Preview Show presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Eric Cohen, a.k.a. EC. Now, we may not be giving out enough picks to help you win 500 k on a $5 bet, but you will make money if you watch this show on a weekly basis, as you will see from last week, 8-6. and six, And we were so close to making some big money proppies. So close. One more catch from DK Metcalf. He wasn't interfered with. Justin Jefferson needed one more catch for Uncle Dave there. So really good week from the guys. But we have some fire props this week from two of the best handicappers and personalities that I have ever met. We have the greatest prop better in the absolute world. And that is our buddy Prop Stars. Nice to see you. And we have the best fantasy expert who's going to help me win a bunch of leagues this week because I've been reading his advice at CBSSports.com. Uncle Dave, Dave Richard. All right, Proppy, I'm going to start with you. I told you off the year before the show that I was going to ask you a crazy question that would probably get you fired up. So there's no better time to start. So we have a we saw this guy last week have a five dollar bet on a 14 leg touchdown scorer parlay that won him 495k. We all like a lot of fun. It's only five dollars. Are you okay if our if members of our audience decide to invest five dollars this week and pick a player to score in each game on Sunday to win, you know, five hundred k? Are you okay with that? Uh, from an entertainment standpoint, if you're looking to just have fun and you're, uh, yeah, not concerned with your ROI, sure, I think it's totally fine. Uh, if you're trying to etch out every piece of EV that you can get as I'm going to do. That's something I personally avoid, but everyone's different. Everyone has their own unique situation. So uh, yeah, if you're, again, this is ultimately supposed to be fun at the end of the day. And those are really fun bets. So I don't uh, judge anyone who wants to partake. Uncle Dave, if you're in the fantasy finals, like I am, and I'm sure a lot of people are out here and they are concerned, they're, they're facing Christian McCaffrey as a lot of people are, and you kind of want to hedge your bets is it a smart strategy to maybe play your opponent's best players overs in terms of props with your money as kind of a hedge strategy? Either you win your fantasy league or you win your bets. But it's not a guarantee that you'll do both. True. Like I get where you're coming from and I get that people like to do that, EC, but there's no guarantees in this. And so you can still lose your fantasy game and Christian McCaffrey can still get five or 10 yards under his total yardage prop or whatever you do. Um, I don't, I'm not, if it's for a little bit of money, it's almost like the same answer as what prop gave you. If it's for a little bit of money, if it's for entertainment purposes, you want that little bit of an emotional hedge, go ahead and do it. But I would not risk even like a hundred dollars. Okay. To, to hedge, uh, even in my high stakes league, I just wouldn't do it. I've got enough confidence in my team to go ahead and just roll with it. Now, my answer might change by the time we get to the Sunday night game. And, the, and then there's a way that I can that I can hedge it where I'm almost sure that maybe like getting ousted on both my fantasy league and the player prop is like less than 10% in my mind. If I realize that, then maybe I'd consider it for, you know, the hundred bucks that we're talking about. All right. So, so Dave, I have just, sorry, Poppy, and I'll get to you. I had Justin Jefferson as the last uh, as the last player in my fantasy league matchup. Let's say I'm trailing by a small amount. Is it a smart strategy? And there's a lot of money on the line here. Is okay. it a smart strategy to fade Justin Jefferson from a prop perspective, and that way I either win one or the other? You would think. 
Yeah. And so, like, in that specific situation, I'd be a little more inclined. Okay. Probably what do you You got to wait until that last game. Uh, It's really all relative. We're talking about, you know, hypotheticals here. It also depends on how much money is at stake, how big of a difference does winning that money make for you personally. Obviously, you know, a dollar to someone isn't comparable to someone else. Uh, So, yeah, if it's a meaningful amount of money, I have no problem with hedging and being safe and guaranteeing yourself a profit. And again, that's just a decision that each individual is going to make. And there's creative ways to do that. I I will, I did want to mention this. I talk about this frequently. Uh, There are so many emerging markets across sports books, especially when we're looking at player props. There are even ways to bet on fantasy production specifically Mm -hmm. uh, on DraftKings, for instance, and other sports books as well. So uh, if you are looking to hedge, I would definitely suggest looking into those options because Dave mentioned, you know, just it's hard to quantify a hedge. For instance, Christian McCaffrey, say you're playing against him in fantasy and you want to hedge against him, he could still have a big day without a lot of yardage or a lot of, you know, combined yardage. He could have three touchdowns, right? So, uh, yeah, I would look for specific, like try to get as close to uh, the actual production you're looking for versus just any sort of hedge because you could end up losing both and that would – you know, sting just as much or sting even that, that would, much more. That would hurt. That's like getting kicked in the you-know-where twice. <laughs> Dave, I'll tell you, I, I just thought of a great sports book idea if I was ever running a sports book here to have to include fantasy player points as a bet. Like Christian you McCaffrey. Can, you can. Yeah, that's, really, really? that's a great that's idea. What that's what I was just saying. Easy. We're, we're, so they have that on, uh, on, I've never seen that. on DraftKings. You can bet on a player's individual fantasy, like PPR production. I, I so for instance, that. like Christian McCaffrey's like PPR projected points could be 25 this week, right? You could bet on him to go over under 25 points. Oh, this is amazing. I had no idea this existed. I, and I scoured the sports books for lines. You learn something new every day. That's why we're on the show. We got two of the brightest minds uh, in, uh, in fantasy football and the prop market on this show. All right. Let's start with the uh, passing props, and I'm the only one with a, a passing prop here, and I'm actually kind of curious. Uh, we'll see what Uncle Dave thinks about this one. Going Kyler Murray over 257.5 passing plus rushing yards at minus 115 against Proppy's Eagles. So he's averaging about 249 a game. Uh, our AI model says uh, around 319 uh, is what they're projecting there. Game flow should work in our favor because uh, – you know, the Cardinals should be getting blown out by Proppy's Eagles. You would think that they would turn it around. We'll see about that. Quarterbacks are over this number in 8 of 15 against the Eagles. Kyler Murray's kind of a ping-ponged here. He's gone 262 last week, 260 the week prior. He also has a 258 and a 265 on the year. So he's right in that in that realm there. Now, this line was 261.5, but dropped a little bit today. I know Kyler Murray has been dealing with an illness. I am still playing over, over and going with the garbage yards. Dave... In your uh, sit-start column on CBSSports.com, you are sitting Kyler Murray. Does that mean you don't like this prop? I actually like it a lot. Um, It's a competitive line, and really what you said that resonated with me, there were two things. Number one, the AI model, having it over 300 yards, and number two, the game script. And I agree with the game script that he should be chasing points. That should mean a lot of yardage both on the ground and through the air. This is an example of – well, let's say this was your last game and you wanted to try and bet against Kyler Murray having a bad game. So you take the over and you're playing against him in fantasy or whatever it might be. Maybe you have him in fantasy and you want to protect against him stinking. He can go over this yardage wise without getting multiple touchdowns. And that's pretty much where I'm a little nervous about Kyler. And if you look at his production in fantasy, he's almost 50 50 to be above or below 20 fantasy points. So I, I like the yardage here. The fact that you can combine the passing and the rushing, uh, I like it. I think this is a good bet. This might be the bet that I actually say at the end of the show is my favorite. I got to hear what what Propsies has to say. We uh, we will see. I know Goose gave Proppy some inspiration today. So let's switch over to the rushing and combo best bets. And Proppy, you have one from the last game of the day on Sunday, the last game of 2023 between the Vikings and the Packers. I do indeed. You see, yeah, we're talking about Ty Chandler going to go over 76 combined rushing and receiving yards uh, for the running back here. I've been really impressed with Ty Chandler. I know I had a tough game last week versus Detroit, but Detroit's been a good run defense all week or excuse me, all season long. 
We also saw them kind of get, get a get bit game scripted out. But yeah, if we look at the underlying metrics for Chandler, he has performed very, very well. Also, not really worried about Alexander Madison. Uh, the, the Vikings seem committed to seeing what they have with Ty Chandler here. And then facing Green Bay, who have been one of the worst defenses in the NFL this season. They're also a significant run funnel as well. We know the Vikings are going to be shorthanded. We're going to see Jaron Hall at quarterback. Uh, I believe Addison will be out for this game. We know TJ Hawkinson uh, is out for the season here. So I really feel like Minnesota will be really committed to Ty Chandler. I really think that's going to be the easiest path for them against this Green Bay defense. And we're just going to see a big workload for the talented running back. So give me over 76 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I prefer the combination line here because in the event that Green Bay is able to push uh, Minnesota into passing the ball or playing from behind, uh, they do utilize Ty Chandler in the short area passing game. And he has proven to be effective there as well. I do think he's going to be on the field quite a bit. So I like this one a lot. Dave couple of things. First of all, the Vikings clearly went too pass-heavy last week, and they did it with Nick Mullins. They've moved on from Mullins to go with Jaron Hall. And when they went pass-heavy, that meant that there weren't enough opportunities for Ty Chandler. I'd be surprised to see Chandler see like under 10 touches for the second week in a row, especially against this Green Bay defense. And I know the Packers defense did a very nice job against Chuba Hubbard last week. Going into that game, over their prior five, they allowed over five yards per carry to running backs. I think this is a great call. Might even be my favorite player prop when we get to the end of the show. I don't know. I got to see what everybody else has to say. And am I going to say that after every single prop that you guys give? Yeah, maybe I will, except for EC's kicker props. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think you'd do that when we got to the kicker props. But, Dave, you are where you're running back props. You have a couple of them. Start with this one. It's a player that I think is going to absolutely blow up this week in a spot where his team is a six-point underdog uh, on the road, highest scoring game of the week. Uh, we're talking absolute fantasy stud. And, yes, I need him for my biggest fantasy league. Please, Jameer Gibbs, I hope you hit Dave's prop. I am so proud of you for drafting Jameer Gibbs and carrying him all year long because it wasn't always easy for Jameer Gibbs. And this line, it feels a little too good to be true. We're going over 48 and a half rushing yards at minus 127. Shop around for that line. You should be able to find it for less juice. I think he's going over this. And it would be the sixth straight game that he would go over this. He's had 60 rushing yards in four straight games. But going back to the five straight that he has coming into this week, he's averaging 6.4 yards per carry with an explosive run rate of 17.9%. Gentlemen, that means that one out of every five carries he has, just about one out of every five, is going for 12-plus yards. I don't think you need context for that, but just in case you want it, both of those stats are top three among qualifying running backs. And here's where things get better. The Dallas Cowboys have been without Jonathan Hankins for their last three games. Who's Jonathan Hankins? One of their best run pluggers on the defensive line. With him out, they're giving up 5.1 yards per carry and a 10-plus yard rush rate of 13.8%. That's closer to 15% than 20%, but you get the idea. The Cowboys are struggling on the ground, and this is where the Lions can really capitalize with Gibbs, who's just unbelievably fast and nimble, and an offensive line that's very strong. If you want to script-proof it, you could take the over on his total yards. He's been over 82 total in three straight. But I think the rushing is good enough. This is my favorite prop of the week, guys. Jameer Gibbs, over 48 and a half rushing yards. All right, so Dave, how do you feel about his combo line? And then probably I'll get to you. How do you feel about his combo of I, over 80 and a half? Okay, and so that number's gone up. I saw it in the high 70s earlier. I, I Like I just said, I think the rushing line is good enough, and I would okay. take the rushing line probably close to like 54, 55 and a half. Like I'm, I'm ready to put down some money on Jameer Gibbs because he's been unstoppable, and this matchup is good. And EC, he's a top 12 fantasy running back this week too. Mm, Proppy. Dave's got the shekels loaded up for this play on Jameer Gibbs. I like it quite a bit as well. Uh, I've been beating the Jameer Gibbs drum all season long. We're finally seeing uh, Detroit wisely. I mean, David Montgomery's having a very good year as well, really making him the focal point of that offense. That was the, the narrative going into the offseason, why they spent a pick on him. They were willing to take him, uh, I believe, at five or seven where they were originally drafting. Uh, so, yeah, Jameer Gibbs is the centerpiece of this offense. But what, what Dave mentioned and kind of game script proofing him, playing the combination line, 
they'll use Jameer Gibbs as a rusher even when they're playing from behind because of Dave mentioned his explosive ability, the breakaway yards. He can just pick up massive chunks. So they will still even utilize him as a rusher when they're playing from behind double digits, and he is going to be the primary back that's on the field in the event that happens. Uh, so, yeah, I love this spot. Dallas is a massive run funnel as well for a variety of reasons, the pass defense being elite, the run defense being significantly softer or weaker than that pass defense. Jay mentioned Jonathan Hankins. Uh, yeah, and teams are just having a lot more success running on this Cowboys defense. But Jameer Gibbs, we're just seeing, uh, in my opinion, a generational talent at running back, and I think he's going to have a tremendous week here as well. Love this spot. You know, I thought it was a terrible pick when the Lions took him at 12, I believe. I'm thinking, what are they doing? This isn't B. John Robinson. Boy, do they look a lot smarter than I am. There's a reason I guess I'm not an NFL GM, among other reasons. But let's get back to the props here. Dave, you have an underline uh, in, a, in a divisional matchup in the AFC East. And I think this one is interesting because if New England is to stay in the game against Buffalo, you would think they have to control the clock and not give, put the ball in Josh Allen's hands. But you're actually going under with Ezekiel Elliott. Why is that? Yeah, because I don't think they're going to be able to hang around on the scoreboard very long against Buffalo and, and and a passing offense that I expect to tee off against the Patriots. I'm taking the under on Zeke's rushing yards, under 47 and a half at minus 119. And again, shop around on this one if you can. He's been under in each of his past two games. A lot of it has to do with him not getting many carries against the Steelers on that Thursday night game. Everybody remembers it. I remember it. Zeke had 22 carries because the Patriots played with a lead in the two games since is against the Chiefs and the Broncos. Elliott didn't have nearly as many carries, 12 or fewer. And then the Patriots in those two games started to give Kevin Harris a few touches in an effort to keep Zeke fresh and to let Zeke continue to play on those valuable passing downs. And that's where I think Zeke's going to get a lot of his stats this week. Catching passes from Bailey Zappi, getting some receiving yards, not getting the rushing yards. I think that that's where we go with Ezekiel Elliott. And the Bills are big favorites and figure to be the ones to build a lead here. That might turn Elliott into more of a receiver than a runner. I talked about that. And it helps that Buffalo's run defense has come alive in their past three games. This is since their bye in week 13. The Bills are giving up 3.8 yards per carry, which would be a lot for Ezekiel Elliott. He's been under three and a half yards per carry in four straight games. And when he took on the Bills in week seven, it's a different situation. Ramondre Stevenson was still active. Well, Zeke averaged 2.8 yards per carry. He's either going to need a lot of carries or some uncharacteristic breakaway runs to notch 48 rushing yards. I say he doesn't do it. I'm taking the under on Ezekiel Elliott's rush yards at 47 and a half. I think that logic makes a ton of sense. Now, Dave, we have a couple of fantasy questions, but they involve Kyler Murray. We have one that's Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield, and the other one, Kyler Murray or Jared Goff. Is this from EC in Arizona? These are not, no, these are from the chat. Both. From yeah, the chat. I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to sit Kyler in both of those situations. I like okay. Baker a lot. I like Jared Goff a little bit more. I think there's shootout potential in both of their games compared to Kyler Murray. I actually have Kyler or Justin Fields. I'm worried about weather in Chicago. I know we discussed weather the other week, so I'm going to wait and see what happens. I'm going to trust your advice from the other week and wait till an hour before the game, and we'll see what's happening before I make any decisions on that one. All right, so where can you bet all of these props? You can bet them at BetMGM. BetMGM has all the action for every sports fan. New BetMGM customers can sign up today and get a first bet offer up to $1,500. If your first bet loses, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets with bonus code EDGE1500. That's EDGE1500. Coming up next, talk a little receiving best bets. But first, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
So I'm kind of guilty of of something we talked about earlier in the show. Like you want to, I root against certain players and root for other players based on opponent matchups I'm facing in fantasy football. I made the finals in five leagues. I, I won the sports line league, so there we go. And I'm in nice. four others. And in my big league, I'm facing Debo Samuel, and he has a, a pristine matchup against the Commanders. But you know what? Proppy's got a, a a prop here of not Debo Samuel. But Brandon Ayuk. So you know what, Proppy? I hope this prop goes through the roof. Why do you like Ayuk so much this week? I don't like Ayuk this week, EC. I love Ayuk this week. This is one of those spots that I mentioned last time where he could go absolutely nuclear, and he did. Uh, I believe he had a 200-yard receiving game against Tampa Bay. Now he's facing the Washington Commanders, whose defense profiles very, very similarly. First and foremost, Brandon Ayuk is having a fantastic season. He's had 10 targets just one time all year, despite that well over 1,200 yards. His target profile mirrors that of Tyreek Hill, who's having one of the greatest seasons by a receiver in NFL history. If he had the same sort of volume, his numbers would look very similar to Tyreek Hill. Yes, Brandon Ayuk has been that good. He gets more targets in the splash zone, which is not only deep down the field, but deep down the middle of the field. Those are the most valuable targets in the NFL. Uh, And he is targeted there at the highest rate of any wide receiver in the NFL. The commanders give up more production in that area of the field than any defense besides Tampa Bay, which is, again, one of the multitude of reasons that I absolutely love this. The commanders, one of the worst pass defenses. They rank in the bottom five in nearly every single defensive passing metric, EPA allowed per dropback. Also, the commanders double-team opposing wide receivers at the lowest rate in the league. So Ayuk is going to also be in single coverage working a lot, and they don't have a good formidable pass rush either, which is going to allow Brock Purdy time and Ayuk time to get to allow those routes to develop and him to get open down the field. Ayuk could go absolutely nuclear in this game, so I'm also playing his alt lines as well. We're over 67 and a half here. Uh, you can find it in the, at that current number right now. I'm also going to play him going over 100, 125, and ladder him as well, but absolutely love Ayuk's chances of having a spike slash ceiling game here. So the 49ers injury report just came out. Trent Williams, their superstar left tackle, will not miss the game. That's great for Brock Purdy's protection. In fact, I don't see an offensive lineman that's been ruled out for the 49ers. I actually see a couple of defensive players that might not play for the 49ers, which somehow maybe the commanders can put up some points and force Brock Purdy to throw maybe more than for two and a half quarters. So that just makes this prop even better. Better protection for Brandon Ayuk. Maybe some numbers for the commanders, and Ayuk goes off for a huge game. I would love to see Jacoby Brissett suit up for the commanders. We've really seen him uh, be, be really good in minimal playing time here. He ended up suffering an injury in practice, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday, Dave, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Told the team afterwards, popped up on the injury report. I believe he's questionable with last hand. time I checked with a hamstring, which you hate to see the soft tissue injury midweek. But if Jacoby Brissett suits up, he has been very, very effective in minimal playing time. Uh, I prefer that because I think he's capable of pushing uh, San Francisco into uh, a potentially positive game script or at least force uh, uh, Brock Purdy to air the ball out a bit more than usual. Sure. Uh, I'm kind of hoping against that uh, proppy as McCaffrey is. I'm going against him in multiple leagues. So let's hope. We, we just blow him out, take him out of the game, please. Get Ayuka's 150 yards, and then we're all happy, right? So, Uncle Dave, you have a couple of props here on receiving yards totals, and, and we're not talking big names here. We're not talking, like, A1 guys. We're talking guys that we would consider flex players, I would assume, on or wide receiver threes uh, sure. from fantasy purposes. Let's hear your two plays and why. So the first one's going to be DJ Chark over 23 and a half receiving yards at minus 119. This does not have to do with DJ Chark having a blow up game last week. He had six catches for 98 yards in two touchdowns, which actually helped me advance in one of my fantasy leagues. I'm serious. I started DJ Chark, but it's more about he's been over this number in four of his past five games with at least four targets in each of those games. The only time he was under, was Remember that rainstorm game between the Falcons and the Panthers? Yeah, of course he's going to go under there. Both teams really didn't throw that much there. 
And a sunny day is now forecast for Jacksonville. So I think the weather won't be an issue. And Chark should be able to do some damage against his former team, I might add. And one of the things that I do, and you see, we talked about this last week. I watch a lot of film, even the Carolina Panthers offense. And yeah, for much of the year, it was brutal. But you know what? In the fourth quarter last week, Bryce Young looked good. They got him moving out of the pocket. He was accurate while on the run. He made some improvisational plays. I thought he actually looked good. I'm optimistic he can build off of it against a Jaguars defense that's allowed 30 or more receiving yards to 32 different wideouts, including 24 of 32 receivers with at least four targets. Really, it's about the opportunity for a a high-efficiency receiver to get over a low bar. 23 and a half receiving yards is just way too low of a number for DJ Chark. And double-check the combo line. On one of the sites I looked at, the combo line was the exact same number at the exact same odds for DJ Chark. And so if you can get the combo line, then whatever he does as a rusher might help you out a little bit. But this is one of the guys that I think could actually go off and have a decent game. I'm not saying he's going to get another 96 yards, but to get 25 yards, man, DJ Chark should have that at halftime. Let's take the over on that at minus 119. The other one that I like, and this is a better flex in fantasy leagues, especially this week, is Rashid Shahid over 30 and a half receiving yards. And the juice is a little higher on this one, 131, but I think it's uh, I think it's worth it. He's been over this in each of his past two games, and these have been games where Derek Carr has wrangled control of the, of the Saints offense. We haven't seen Taysom Hill play as much, and we've seen Derek Carr play hyper-efficient football. First time in a long time we've been able to say that. And so because Shahid's been an every-down player, he's been able to see a target spike. We saw it last week. And they're taking on Tampa Bay, man. This is one of the worst pass-funnel defenses in the National Football League. On the season, they rank in the bottom eight in completion rate allowed. Yards per catch allowed to wide receivers. This is just against wide receivers, not everybody. Yards after catch per reception. Completions of 20-plus yards. What does Rashid Shahid do? He catches the deep ball. He gets a couple of those targets every week. He can go over this on one catch. So I'd like Rashid Shahid to have another sizable game against a very bad Bucks defense. I actually think this is going to be a high-scoring game. So let's take the over on Rashid Shahid. Last thing on it, though. Last week, three different Jaguars wide receivers went for over this total. Calvin really was one of them. And uh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, Elijah Cooks. Who? Yeah, and Tim Jones. Who? They went over. They went over this too. So let's take the over on Rashid Shahid. Thank you very much. I, I didn't know that those last two players. I watch a lot of NFL, and I read a lot of. I, I honestly had never heard of either one of those guys. To be honest with you, so I'm to be honest, that, that was a little bit of shtick for me. I know who Tim Jones is. I, I know Zay Jones, but Tim Jones, that's that's a new Tim one. Jones. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't Brandon Cooks and and uh and Zay Jones. It was Elijah Cooks and Tim Jones. Fair enough. Okay, now we have three fantasy questions in a row from the chat. Uh knowledge reign supreme. Proppy, I'll start with you on this one. Uh uh one of these name one of these running backs that you would go with. Uh King Henry, so Derek Henry, James Cook, or Aaron Jones. If you were to rank those three, how would you do it? Uh did he specify what type of league? I did not. Let's assume just a standard. Okay. Um, So Derek Henry, James Cook, Aaron Jones. I go Henry Jones, Cook in standard. Okay. In in PPR, I go in the exact opposite order. Yeah. But I, I need to do a double check of the Texans' defensive front. They might be without their entire the entire starting. starting. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and so yeah. that could make things juicy for Derrick Henry. And, and we know, Dave, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Derrick Henry's career against the Texans. We don't. We don't care about that. I know we, you don't. You know I know. How bad did that burn us? Badly. Not the good. Texans' defense schemed him up amazing in that game which is oh, but, but in 2019 Dave in 2019 he ran for a combined 400 yards versus them it's things that I learn on the show over the last few weeks between weather and historical props all right next one for you Dave uh Stephen Miller asks Eckler James Cook or Jameer Gibbs uh leaning to two of them doesn't specify PPR or non-PPR I hope Eckler, it's PPR Gibbs. uh yeah. Gibbs and Eckler would be my picks Eckler's got a great matchup against Denver They've been terrible against the run all year. And their best pass rusher, Baron Browning, is out for this week's game. And Eckler actually looked pretty good last week. I think we got a little unlucky 
with Eckler not having a huge game. I think he maybe has his last big game as a Charger hmm. this week. Okay. And and kudos to kudos to that guy or gal uh, for overcoming the season that Eckler's had. Uh, that's a nice trio of running backs, especially if you're playing in a PPR league. And then obviously Eckler, unfortunately, had a really tough season. So if you've made it to the fantasy football championship despite draft using a top five uh, selection on Allison Eckler, well done. Proppy from the chat, Chris asks, he has to play two of these guys with Jalen Waddle out: Nico Collins, Chuba Hubbard. Jackson Smith and Jigba or Demarcus Robinson? Name two of those that you go with. Uh, uh, definitely Nico Collins, uh, especially with C.J. Stroud back against Tennessee's uh, pass funnel defense. And then it was Jackson Smith and Jigba. And who else you see? Uh, Chuba Hubbard and Demarcus Robinson. Uh, I'd probably go Chuba Hubbard. Dave, how about you? Would you agree with Proppy on those two? Nico I agree. And, and I I went on a roller coaster, not literally on a roller coaster with Nico Collins, but earlier this week I liked him. And then I watched his film, and I didn't like him. And then I saw him practice in full, and C.J. Stroud's back. Did a deep study on the Titans secondary. I'm ready to start Nico Collins as a top 15 receiver. Same boat, Dave. I very, I was very close to making him a play. I actually was planning on making his receptions line a play, but it hasn't released yet. So very, very well, Macy, we put that out uh, either tonight or tomorrow when that well, line does. Let's play, let's play odds maker. What would you, if you had to set that line for Nico Collins, what would you make it? Five and a half plus 100. Okay. Plus I would make it, I would make it one and a half plus 2,000. And then way <laughs> we'd all win a lot. Of I'm going to give a, a prop just to, you know, separate that crazy talk. Let's go Jake Ferguson over 49 and a half receiving yards on Saturday night in the Cowboys Lions game. Now, this is the highest total game of the week, as we talked about earlier when uh, Uncle Dave gave out his Jameer Gibbs play. I looked at the AI model after I found this one, and it's a five-star place. It's 88.4. I was like, all right, well, I'm on board with my guy Spectre in the AI model. Let's go with it. He has eight targets in four straight games, so we know the volume is there. The Lions defense has not been very good of late. Gave up 66 yards to Cole Komet the other week and uh, 58 to TJ Hawkinson. And that was only in three quarters before he got his knee taken out from under him and out for the season. I could see Ferguson topping 60 yards here. So I'm playing this over 49 and a half. And I, I would probably get this one early as I've seen it go up. It was 48 and a half yesterday. I could see this one going into the low 50s uh, before tomorrow in what should be a very high scoring game. So I would take a look at that one. All right. Before we move on to the rest of our receiving props, including my favorite prop of the week that's given out by one prop stars. Let's hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. men's national team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also, just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life, while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the men's Sunday performance jogger. And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
You know, I was going and looking at at the props that I, I'm going to give out every week. And so I like to check, go on Sportsline, you click on the Game Picks page, and it'll show who has the props. And I was like, darn it, the prop that I wanted was right at the top. You know, the last few weeks I've gone quarterbacks against Tampa Bay because they are a pass funnel. Dave just talked about Rashid Shahid, which is a great play. But Proppy, you're going Chris Olave in a number that I think is 15 yards too low. Indeed, I am, EC. Yeah, we're going Chris Olave over 66 and a half receiving yards. Uh, love this spot for Chris Olave, particularly against this Tampa Bay pass funnel. Uh, you can apply a lot of uh, the support that Dave did when he broke down the Shahid play, which I also like, uh, obvious to Olave here as well. This Tampa Bay pass defense is absolutely terrible. Uh, I talked about them a bit when I was breaking down Brandon Ayuk. They give up a tremendous amount of explosive plays uh, down the field. Those are plays over 15-plus yards at the highest rate in the NFL. They also barely double cover opposing wide receivers. Uh, that's very important for Olave, considering he is the best receiver on the Saints offense, and they don't have a lot of other uh, pass-catching weapons, really. They're pretty thin at receiver. Uh, so potentially teams could, you know, uh, double-team him or try to script him out of the game, but it's good that they uh, choose to single-cover him uh, or opposing wide receivers quite a bit. So love this spot for Chris Olave, who's really having a fantastic season. Uh, the counting stats are good. They're not great. I think a lot of people expected, and myself included, uh, him to enter that top tier of wide receiver. Really, it's been... Uh, erratic or inconsistent quarterback play that's held him back. If we look at the advanced metrics, uh, his yards per route run, uh, his success rate, uh, his expected yards per route run, his open score, they all are in the top 5 percentile or 95 percentile at wide receiver. He's been very good again. So I love this spot for him. Also, Saints potentially playing from behind in a game script where they could be forced to air the ball out a lot. I think Olave is going to get – 12 to 14 targets in this spot and have a huge game. Also, we'll look at his longest reception line as well. I think he could easily clear triple digits in the right game environment, uh, which I think could easily unfold with these two teams. I think this is a potential shootout here. So love Olave this week. Ladder time, Proppy. Ladder time over 100. Over. I, I think this that's a great play, and I also love the receptions for Olave as well. Now, you have another prop of a guy that's kind of been struggling. I mean, we all watched Kansas City on Monday, and they absolutely stunk. They're just not using Travis Kelsey correctly. And it looks like he maybe has lost a step. Well, they're not. I mean, they're not giving him the ball. I would be feeding that guy 12 targets a game, but they're not. But, Proppy, you think against Cincinnati, he's going to bounce back. If there was ever a get-right spot for Travis Kelsey, we talk about it with teams a lot, but for individual players, this is the – optimal spot for Travis Kelsey. This Cincinnati pass defense is absolutely terrible. As a result of that, I like Travis Kelsey to go over 62 and a half receiving yards. This is by far my favorite prop of the week on the board. Cincinnati has given up more yards to opposing tight ends than any defense in the league. Travis Kelsey has really struggled over the second half of the season. Part of that is the emergence of Rishi Rice. Part of that is just uh, Kansas City's offense not really functioning that well, but I just think this is a spot where going to see Travis Kelsey just get a boatload of targets. I could see him easily eclipsing 10 to 15 targets in this game. I think he's going to be the engine of a very motivated, angry Patrick Mahomes, and again, could not ask for a better matchup on paper. I think Travis Kelsey finishes the season on a high note, and this is a great opportunity for him to do that. Also like laddering him, but just at that 62-and-a-half number, I think this is a great spot. I'm going to make a bold call and say he gets there in the first half. And, again, this is my favorite prop of the week. I like this for, like, a two-unit play. Wow. And when your two-unit plays, by the way, we looked this up last week, are absolutely on fire. I think you were three or four in a row, at least that I could find. And I didn't even go that deep. Dave, how do you feel about Travis Kelsey this week? I'm nervous about him. I, I don't like what I've seen from him and from the Chiefs offense in general. And yes, the Bengals defense is bad. I think you could make the case for Propster's prop by noticing that Cam Taylor Britt is back. And he's an outside corner for Cincinnati. And that'll make the matchup a little bit harder for Rushy Rice and everybody else. And it might force the middle of the field to be where Patrick Mahomes goes. So I, I, here's what I'm going to say. I would be surprised if he was over this in the first half. 
I would not be surprised if he finished the game with 70 yards. So it, I'm not expecting a massive 100-yard game for Travis Kelsey, but I do think he can go over this, over four quarters, not two. Okay. I, I Listen, I respect that, and I'm sure – hey, Proppy just wants a win. I mean, you know, the win's a win. We all you know, do, the, We all do. We just want, we just want the wins. Now – we are crying out loud. Well, except for some of my kicking props, but we'll talk about those later. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I love my kicking props. Uh, but Dave, we have one more receiving prop, and we haven't given out anything with a plus in front of it yet on this show. You decided that you're going to give us an alt line with a major plus in front of it from a guy that didn't even play last week. Explain. It's Michael Pittman, and the alt line is over seven and a half receptions. At plus 122, the normal line's six and a half. And if you take the over, you have to lay too much juice. He only had four catches against Pittsburgh. He did that in the first half before he was concussed and he left the game. Before that game, he had at least eight catches in six straight and seven of nine games. The Las Vegas defense is peaking. There's no doubt about it. They went after Patrick Mahomes, but they're on the road for the second straight week. And dare I say against a better offensive line, than what's in front of Patrick Mahomes these days. Plus, Michael Pittman's ADOT is, over those six games, 6.93 yards. These are not downfield throws that he's getting from Gardner Minshew. These are dinks and dunks. He's a short area target guy. So I would look to see how the Raiders did against short area target wide receivers. Predictably, they've allowed a catch rate of 76% to wide receivers inside of 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. That's a little worse than league average. But if you adjust that to eliminate drops, and there were 10 drops by Raiders opponents, that rate exploded to 81%. I love it. I think Michael Pittman is going to have a bunch of catches. I'm willing to take the risk here. It's worth a double sprinkle. Michael Pittman, alternate line, over seven and a half receptions. When I hear two unit props from Proppy and I hear double sprinkle from Uncle Dave, this is this is these are buzzwords. Pay attention out there. These guys mean business, and that's why they are the best in the business. All right. Yes. Before we get Sprinkle. to your fantasy – Sprinkles means business. Sprinkles means business, yes. Yes. Uh, before we get to your fantasy questions, we have a bunch of them from the chat, so we'll, we'll roll through those. I have a couple of kicker props. Let's keep it with that Indianapolis-Las Vegas game. I'm going Daniel Carlson over one and a half made field goals at even money. So Indy is third in the league in field goals given up behind Tennessee and Atlanta. They've given up 33 uh, kickers have gone over in 11 of 15 games, including six of the last seven against the Colts. Got a healthy over-under in this game, 43 and a half. And Carlson has had multiple attempts in eight of his last 11 games. I think he can get a couple of field goals here. He's one of the best kickers, one of the most accurate kickers in the NFL generally. So let's go Daniel Carlson over one and a half at even money. Then we have to, like I think Corey asked about it in the chat, Kaimi Fairbairn, you got to go against the Titans every week. This is, I mean, this minus 150. I didn't want to just give out one field goal prop. Minus 150. This is way too juicy for me. But if you remember, the Titans 13 and 2 to the over. Fairbairn in the 10 games that he has played is 7 and 3 to the over. I don't like that number, but we have to play it. It just you you just kind of have to. Even Dave, you got to support it. We talked about this last week about field goals against the Titans. Yeah, there's no question about it. It's four straight games that kickers have made, at least four where they've made multiple, five of their last six. Here's here's what you do with that. If you consider that like a lock, oh, this is for sure going to happen, which, I mean, nothing's ever a lock lock, but call it 75% chance. Then parlay it. Put it with another prop or two. Don't do it for a full unit. You do it for a fraction of a unit and parlay the two. And that way you don't have to worry about the minus 150 part of it. I I mean, parlay is like music to my ears. I'm sure Proppy's not going to. Uh, would, I don't even want to get Proppy mad, so we'll probably stay away from that. But, Dave, I actually love that strategy. All right, I got fantasy questions galore from the chat, so let's get right to them. Proppy, I'll start with you. This is PPR. This isn't even fair, what Joseph's done with his team. Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Bijan Robinson, Kyron Williams. Pick three. Who do you Impressive. Impressive. Yeah. Uh, definitely Kyron. We're playing him. Swift, I like the matchup against uh, the Cardinals, obviously. And it's Eckler and who else? Bijan Robinson. Uh, I mean, that's not fair. Yeah. Uh, You've got yeah, to bench your boy. Yeah. Are we benching Bijan? No. Your boy, Eckler. Swift. Swift? Really? You bench Swift here? That's who uh, I Yeah. Am. I mean, it's a great problem to have. I really think you can, can't go wrong here. But, yeah. I, I'd actually personally bench Eckler here. I would, too. 
but I we I don't want to argue with Dave because you know I I think again I think you can make a Dave obviously uh, I I concede to Dave here with fantasy, but I personally be inclined to bench Eckler. I just think from a touches standpoint, I'm a little more secure with. Uh, Swift usually gets 15 to 18 touches. Eckler, we've seen a little bit less work. And then being in that Eagles offense with an optimal opponent in Arizona, I just feel there's a lot more touchdown upside. Although Eckler, obviously, one of the greatest touchdown scorers uh, of the past decade. But uh, that would be my argument for why I take have a slight lean over Swift to Eckler. And my argument would be touches, yes, Swift would have an advantage. Catches, no, Eckler mm-hmm. would have an advantage. So I'm going to try and squeeze out a couple of extra fantasy points from Eckler catching the ball. And what happens when the Eagles get near the goal line? Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And what happens when the Chargers get near the goal line? Austin Eckler. Easton Stick. Me. I, I, listen, I really like DeAndre Swift this week, but I'm not putting him ahead of Eckler. All right, Dave. We talked about this the other week on the show. You had a Derrick Henry over rushing yards prop. The line is 57 and a half at minus 120 this yeah, week I'm, against that banged up Texans. You're, you're staying away or are you going? I'm for staying it? away from it until I can do the research and I see who's playing and not playing for Houston. But I, I'm a little worried about the game script being negative for Derrick Henry with Stroud being back. And let's face it, the Titans defense, I, I guess they stepped up last week. They did a nice job. I don't know if they're going to be able to do it two weeks in a row. I actually think this is a Devin Singletary week. And with Tajay Spears on that roster for Tennessee, we've seen so many instances where uh, Henry has been game scripted out and they will uh, they will go to Tajay Spears who will get the bulk of the work. Dave also mentioned Houston could potentially be without their entire starting defensive line, uh, something to pay very close attention to there as well. Uh, but, yeah, it's interesting to see – Devin Singletary with a higher rushing yards line than Derrick Henry at this stage of the season. That would have been something I wouldn't have expected, but here we are. Yeah, that should mean something to everybody. Of course. That that's a that has an and, alarm bell going. And, and I want to remind people again. I've talked about this in previous shows or streams. Is in situations where you you have a tough decision and you're looking to see you know who you should start, who you should bench. I think a really good a piece of support or piece of the puzzle is look at their prop lines. Go and check out what their what their yards are, what their combined rushing and receiving yards. That'll give you a good idea uh, of who is projected to have the bigger game and uh, certainly helps me making tough decisions. All right, Proppy, I'll give you this one from Caddy Daddy. Jamison Williams, over 33 and a half yards tomorrow night. What, are you playing it? Uh, uh, it's too close for me. I just think there's not enough. Uh, the target floor isn't high enough where I'm comfortable playing it. So don't have a problem with it per se. Explosive player on the outside. Uh, I think the matchup's a little bit difficult. Uh, they are vulnerable to big plays, but yeah, it's for me, it's not something I, I'd play personally. I kind of like it. I, I like it. He's had at least six targets each of the last two games, four catches each of the past two games, and he is a big play threat, but he's also gotten a lot of catches that are not big, and he's still gone over that number in two straight. Dave, Kyle Pitts, uh, this guy, I think you've had him as well the last few weeks. 34 and a half is his number, over, under. I think it's a competitive line. I I think I'd probably lean over just because he's been over that in four straight games. And Taylor Heineke has favored throwing to his tight ends more than his wide receivers. Here's the breakdown. Uh, his target share, number one, has been Bijan. Number two has been Pitts. Number three has been Jonu Smith. And number four has been Drake London. And against Chicago, I think the middle of the field will be fairly open. There's an opportunity there for Kyle Pitts to get you. Again, it's a low bar. I'm not looking for 60 yards here. He can get you to 40 yards. I love Kyle Pitts. We talked about it. We had a prop of his a week or two ago. I mentioned how he's gone from a part-time player uh, to a full-time player in the offense inexplicably. Uh, finally, uh, the one thing I would argue, though, this Bears defense has vastly improved, including their pass rush. And the reason that could factor in here is Kyle Pitts is a very deep a dot. So if the pass rush is able to get home, it actually works against Kyle Pitts. Most of the time it works in the favor of the tight end because they have very shallow A dots, but not Kyle Pitts. He's kind of utilized more like a wide receiver who has tight end eligibility. So if that Chicago pass rush is able to get home, uh, it will be a tough day for Kyle Pitts, unfortunately. All right, Dave, last one for you from the chat that I saw. George says, should I bench ETN 
for Bijan. Did not specify oh. what type of league. I was about to say, no, you don't bench ETN for anybody this week, but for Bijan, I think I would. But it's very close. ETN should have a lot of opportunities to put up some numbers against Carolina. That run defense was not great last week. They had started to show signs of being a little bit tougher. That fell apart against the Packers. And with Trevor Lawrence ruled out, you've got to imagine Jacksonville will lean heavily on their run game, and that includes ETN. And there you have it. Guys, we covered a lot. Let's see the recap screen. A lot of great props for you guys to take a look at. All right, Dave, you had mentioned, well, this is your favorite prop from somebody else. This is, what do you got? What's your number one prop that either Proppy or I threw out there this week? So uh, I think I'm going to roll with Kyler Murray over 257 and a half passing plus rushing yards at minus 115. I'm, I'm tempted to say Fairbairn, to be honest with you, but I think the Kyler Murray prop is my favorite one. Okay. Proppy, how about you? Uh, I like to pick one from each here so no one uh, has their feelings hurt after the show. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, in all honesty, I like the Jameer Gibbs prop uh, quite a bit. Love that. I also like both of your uh, non-kicker props, EC, my favorite one being the Jake Ferguson play. Probably yeah, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings by not picking one of your Oh, players. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just I don't want to put the kibosh on them. I want you to go 4-0. Of course, of course. I, I think you guys came up with both great cards. Proppy, I really, really like the Chandler and, and the Ayuk ones, but I think Olave is my favorite one. So you know what? I'm going to go with Olave and Rashid Shahid. You know, maybe you throw in some Derek Carr. You got your SGP. We, we get our parlays in. Hey, we That'd make some money on New Year's Eve day. That's That's how it works, right? That would be a fun one. And this is our last show, if I'm not mistaken, of the year of 2023, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? It is. Two days have... left in the year. I don't think I'm going to see you guys on Saturday <laughs> or Sunday. So, Well, Proppy, are you on on Sunday morning? I know there's a show. I am on Sunday morning. I believe it will be ordinarily. It's me, the maestro, Larry Hartstein, uh, along with Sia Najad, who hosts and also contributes analysis. Larry is traveling, so it's going to be me, and Sia and Danny Brasco. So looking forward to breaking down the games. The three of us, we have an entire hour. I'll have some new picks as well. We've got the best producer in the business, Jake, producing as well. So I cannot wait for this. Besides this hour, that is my favorite hour of the week. Uh, so, yeah, really looking forward to that Sunday show. So, you know, I was on CBSSports.com earlier, and I was looking for Uncle Dave's picks and such. And what did I know as I scrolled down below the fold? There was a link to PropStars props article with more explanations, including some picks that you might have heard here on the show. So you can find both my guys on CBSSports.com prominently this week. And if you need a Sportsline login, you need if you're not a subscriber and you want to get back on board so you can read everything that these guys, I have some college football picks, and I've been picking them pretty good of late. You can check that out if you need that. Message Direct message me on Twitter. And I will get you the best rate that we can for a, a first your first quarter, your first month, or your first year at Sportsline.com. That's what we can do for you. Guys, it's always a lot of fun. I appreciate being on with you. It's been an absolute thrill this year and really look forward to it. We have a lot more to go. We got the whole playoffs. We got week 18. I mean, fantasy football championships this week. Best of luck to everyone out there and best of luck to you with your props. So for Uncle Dave, for Proppy, I am EC. As I always like to say, let's hit it big. Happy New Year and good luck.